You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. What's up, Fantasia moviegoers? Uh, this is 9to5cc Goes to Fantasia, uh, part of our podcast series that we do almost every year, where we talk about some of the movies that we're seeing at the Fantasia International Film Festival in Montreal. This year, like many other things, the festival is completely online, but that doesn't mean we're not watching a bunch of movies. Uh, we're including the Fantasia series in our main 9to5cc podcast uh, stream that you can find uh, on your most podcasting applications we're also including it on the 90s um podcast uh channel so if you go there you can also find the movies there um that's it for me uh, go out to fantasia and by go out to fantasia i mean stay home on your couch and watch fantasia watch fantasia movies and enjoy the show So I don't know. Is this this is either part two of an episode or this is a whole new episode? <laughs> I haven't decided how how to how we're gonna release these. Just just part two. Yeah, but I might release them as two episodes so that like you can listen to like us talk for about half an hour. I feel that like like listening to people talk about movies, a half hour format is good. If you want to listen to them both, you can. <laughs> you can do it back to back. It'll be in a nice little stream. But if you don't, you can just listen to the one. Um, yeah, what, so I think I would like to talk about, so both the movies that we've talked about already on the show, uh, Crazy Samurai Musashi and The Columnist are on-demand movies, which means you're going to be able to listen to them or watch them anytime between now and I guess the end of the festival. I don't know if they've announced if the on-demand sequence will last like a day or two. Because like, you know, like when the actual, typically when they're like Fantasia ends and there's like that weird like day or two after the date where there's still like a few screenings every now and then. Yeah. Like that the end date of yeah. Fantasia is kind of like a floating target. <laughs> like they're like there's the official end date, and then sometimes you're like, and there's like a, a, a an extra showing of this movie at two o'clock a day after the festival supposedly ended. So I don't know. Maybe that will apply. So both of those movies that you mentioned, Crazy Samurai, Musashi, and the Columnist that we talked about in part one, uh, are on demand, which means you can listen to them at any time or watch them at any time. I just keep thinking listening because of podcasting. Um and so last night, uh, Sarah went out to her cousin's place, um, and I was like, "I'm going to watch a Fantasia movie." And I like, I scrolled through the on-demand list, and then was like, "Oh, I really, I guess, owe it to myself and the curators and the planners of the film to take a quick look at the movies that are starting at a specific time to do the the timed watching." So I was like, "Before I hit any on-demand movies, I'm going to see what's playing." And the one movie that jumped out at me was uh, the the Dark and the Wicked, which uh, is the latest film by uh, Brian Bertino, who it made one of my favorite horror ish horror esque home invasion films, uh, The Strangers, mm-hmm. uh, which was in fact uh, The Strangers was I bl- if not our first date one of our first dates between Sarah and I, (laughs) like, I think it might've been like, I think we've been like hanging out and then it was our first like actual, like, let's go on a date as romantically inclined individuals. And we went to go see the strangers, which I feel tells you a lot about our entire relationship. (laughs) 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 That was the romance that kicked it all off. Uh, The strangers like stands out to me as uh, probably one of the best, uh, like scariest home invasion films ever. Um, he also wrote 
uh, co-wrote Strangers Pray at Night, which was fun, but it wasn't The Strangers. He also did The Black Code's Daughter. Um, did he write it or did he direct it? Filmography. I don't know. He was a producer on The Black Code's Daughter, and The Black Code's Daughter was also extremely, extremely good. Um, so, yeah, I was very interested. This is his first time directing since The Monster, which I haven't seen, but apparently is also amazing. Um, and it also included the actress, I don't want to butcher her name, Marin Ireland, who, if you just watched Umbrella Academy Season 2, plays the uh, the farm wife uh, in the Vanya storyline, if you're watching Umbrella Academy Season 2. And right. I liked her performance in that. Uh, so I was like, oh, cool, like a recognizable face, a recognizable filmmaker, and uh, a Friday night uh, horror movie that I'm going to watch by myself with my dog and make myself feel a little scared. <laughs> and it succeeded, yo. Um, so this movie, like the, basically the setup is uh, a daughter and a son return to their farm home where their father seems to be in some kind of like terminal situation. The father is lying in bed with some kind of apparatus on, in, like plugged into his nose for 90% of the film uh, and is just there. And the mother seems to be kind of going crazy. And then there's like a nurse caretaker that comes and checks in on them. And it's like, it's established very early on in the film that the parents like, and the kids barely are even on speaking terms. And the mother is like, you shouldn't have come here. Uh, and, and it sort of plays like initially like, oh, you shouldn't have come here because you're not really part of the family anymore or whatever. Uh, and then I guess like, so minor spoilers, but it's not even it's like if you watch the trailer, the, this is not a spoiler. Like the mom goes crazy and ends up killing herself like within like the first like five minutes of the movie. And you're like, whoa, that was unusual. And then it's sort of like the the whole thing kind of unravels. And it basically like uh, without spoiling any film, it just it seems like for some reason, like a dark entity is interested in maybe like snatching the soul of the father, but just also just kind of seems maybe more interested in just screwing around with the lives of anybody around this farm. And what ends up happening plot wise is like plays kind of secondary to like, just like the general sense of dread and horror that the movie does. So from a plot perspective, it kind of reminded me a lot of the strangers in a certain way. Cause like, if you, if you watch the strangers, you're like, what's the motivation of the strangers? And you're like, kind of nothing, <laughs> you know, like, they just show up and then just start screwing with these people. And that's the film. And this is just basically like a supernatural take on that. Like you never find out what the motivation of this dark entity is. You never find out like it doesn't, they don't, they never go to that, like that normal horror movie place of we were like, find out what we, what it wants and like crack the code and like find the secret. You're like, Oh no, there's just like this dark force that's going to screw with us and be awful and horrible. And it can kind of do anything it wants. And the characters just sort of need to deal with it. Like there's the very classic, like one character's like, I'm not dealing with it. I'm going to leave. And then as soon as he leaves, it's in the new place that he leaves in, you know, like it where as watching it, you're like, oh, this is it's super intense, super engaging, very well shot. Fantastic. Performances are all like home run performances. And you're going to be like scared shitless for basically almost the entire run and you just feel awkward. But if you stop and think about like, why is any of this happening? The movie 
like the movie almost makes a point of not telling you why any of this is happening. So you kind of need to deal with that. So if you want anything like satisfying out of it, it's not there. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like, like it's and and but at the same time, I'm like, and again, don't get me wrong, that's the strangers, right? Like this is he's already he did that with home invasion. You're like they just pick the house at random. And then start screwing with everybody inside. They're just like, okay, what if that was a supernatural force instead of just three crazy people in masks? I mean, so on a meta level, that is how bad things happen in like our actual world is like things happen senselessly with no reason. Um, so I, I can get behind a supernatural oh, force. And, having and, a reason. And, yeah. And the movie, the movie ex- like explains that even like where they're just sort of like, they're like, what, why they're like, why is this happening? Like, we're not even religious and all that stuff. And like, there's like a, a priest kind of character that's like, do you think that matters? <laughs> you yeah. know, like they were like, if, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen. They're like, you don't need to believe in a wolf for a wolf to like hunt you and kill you in the woods. Like, See, and I, and I actually really like that. Cause also I find that a lot of horror movies uh, tend to fall apart when they get to the explaining yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like if you're going to explain why a malevolent force can like make some people float and make other people like kill themselves and like just, you know, like eviscerate a goat in the middle of a farm or whatever the heck that's like typical, you know, horror movie stuff. If you're like yeah. trying to explain that, you're like, what? If you're like, but if it just happens and you're like, yeah, it just happens. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like okay. That's, that's like way scarier. And also like, just, you know, you can't fail what you don't try to do. Like, so like, so, you know, like, um, Lights Out, like a Fantasia movie a couple years ago based mm. off that short film, where the short film was, like, every time you shut off the light, like, you can see, like, a shadowy figure getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Um, movie, super fun. The only part that is less fun is when they try to explain why this Lights Out thing exists. And it's this convoluted, like, a woman in an asylum with powers. I don't even remember it. I just remember being like, you didn't need to tell me why there was an evil figure in the dark. Like... A little, yeah, like the Babadook was like that there. too. We were like, what's like, like the Babadook was way more compelling until you were just sort of like, it's their grief. And I was like, yeah, you could have just left it as the Babadook and I would have been fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like I was like, just, I get. So I think the, uh, the where the dark and the wicked was trying to tap into uh, a little bit, it was sort of like that hereditary space. Cause like hereditary does have an explanation, but it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> You're like ancient demon. I guess <laughs> like, you know, where you're just sort of like, okay, this demon, I guess has a, has an agenda, but it doesn't seem to make any sense. Cause it just involves people killing themselves. Like that's basically the point of hereditary. Right. And that's with a, like, if you just like dial down the exposition of like, which is not a lot in hereditary, but like you dial it down a little bit further, you kind of end up in the dark and the wicked, which is like, you're like, there's a malevolent evil force it seems to be tied to the sick father in some way. And now everybody else is just sort of like wrapped up in this like horror vortex. And that's all it's going to give you, you know, <laughs> like, and, but at the same time, like, it's so like the, the filmmaking and is so effective that you don't really care. I would say the one part where it kind of falls short is the couple times where it does reveal something horrific, the, um, the special effects are like not always super effective or like they're very like kind of done. Like if you're just sort of like, yeah, like a naked old lady covered in blood is like, we've seen that a lot in horror movies. Like you're like, it's a little off putting, but I'm like, it's much like 
what they did, what they don't show, it was almost always better than what they showed. If that makes right. sense. Like where every time when they're like, Oh, look at this weird thing. I was like, you know what? It would have been like, I'll give you an example. Like, so uh, the, the, the main character, Louise uh, Marine, Marin Ireland is like taking a shower <clears throat> and uh, all of a sudden, like the curtains get drawn and you see that it's like, it seems to just be her, her, her convalescent dad just kind of like standing there naked. And she just like freaks out screaming and collapses into the uh like into the shower but then like his eyes go white and he does like that like head shaking i am possessed special effect and i was like this was way better when it just seemed like it was her dad standing there naked <laughs> like you know like and if you cut and then it was and then he and and obviously it turns out that he wasn't there and it was just her seeing things i was like that that scare and that unsettlingness of that visual worked better before you made his head go like and like shake around to show that maybe he's like demonic i was like it's much crazier just seeing a dude <laughs> you <Yeah>. know like, <laughs> like i was like you didn't need to like slap an effect on that shot to make me feel like wildly uncomfortable of a father like <laughs> like ripping aside uh, the shower curtain while his daughter takes a takes a shower and then just like standing there like dead faced you didn't need to throw an effect on that for me to be like i do not like this at all <laughs> you know like <clears throat> So yeah, that that that's one thing that I would say is like just some of the effects, like they they feel a little little tacked on, uh, and like to no end, you know, like it just like I was like you, there, I feel there were kind of like smarter, more low key ways to do it because the rest of the film just has this like nonstop pressure of dread and just like completely inescapableness that's like going on in the film that I was like you don't really need effects to to punch it up. I would recommend it though, and I and I found out right uh, as I was ordering it uh, that it got distribution on Shutter for 2021. So, oh, if exciting! You're, if you're a Shutter subscriber, which you should be, if you're a Fantasia film fan, uh, you'll get to watch it next year. It got distribution! Hooray! Uh, Sam, you mentioned that you had um, another highly recommendable film. Yeah, uh, I watched Special Actors, which was one of the premier Moot Knight movies. Oh, I guess, oh yeah, I guess that that's uh, the other thing I should mention about uh, the the Dark and the Wicked is that it was an international premiere, which is also kind of one of those fun things where you're like, I'm the some of the first people watching this. It's always a, like a fun feeling at a film festival. That just might be me. <laughs> I do like it. <laughs> you're like, um, I'm special. I'm exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh so special actors is like um uh it would have been a palate cleanser if i had watched the reckoning beforehand which mm -hmm. looks super spooky and i'm super excited to watch it someday because i feel like uh that's the one like that's like set during the plague oh yeah um, which man like obviously they finished before this this all happened mm -hmm. so you know good timing and like good choice Fantasia way to open your film festival with a terrifying plague movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's from the guy who did the descent too. So I'm sure it is like two thumbs up, uh, finger guns at my screen that you can't see. Uh, -huh. uh, anyways. So I watched special actors, which is like a palate cleanser. So it's like, um, a Japanese comedy. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I was like, like you, you, the often you and Guillaume 
often check out like the 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 Asian South Pacific comedy stuff that like not that I dislike it, but I'm like I'm always I feel at a complete loss when selecting them because sometimes people are like they're the best, and then sometimes people are like oh it's just weird nonsense that makes no sense. And I'm always like, I, I I don't know the filmmakers and I don't know the genre well enough that I have no idea what I'm selecting. And I feel that, I mean, I guess that's part of Fantasia is you're just sort of like, let's go <laughs> and, and see and see if it's cool or not. But I'm always like, I will almost just, and that, this is just like my, my film going sensibility. I will almost always choose a hit or miss horror gamble over a hit or miss like Asian comedy gamble. <laughs> I always, I always have to like, like I don't want the plot to go. I say too wacky, but this one was like full of hijinks. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I think, I think it's because the first Fantasia that I really like got a bunch of movies for. I watched uh, How to Use Guys with Secret Tips, which is a Korean rom com, which is amazing. Yeah. It is like one of my favorite movies of all time. It turns out, uh, <laughs> and so that was kind of the like, oh we should give these movies a chance. And so while Absolutely. none of them have none of them have been good enough to like make the ranking of possibly my favorite movie of all time, they've mm. all been um pretty enjoyable. So this one is um about a guy who faints during confrontations and that is a stumbling block to his dream which is to be an actor. Mhm. And then he ends up being hired into this uh, company called Special Actors, which is ostensibly just um, like actors you can hire to act things out in your life. Like if you want to impress a girl by fending off a potential mugger, you can hire an actor to be a potential mugger and then they will write a script for you and they'll direct the scene and practice it with you until you can act it out live and impress your potential girlfriend. So it's, it's that kind of thing. And that's a hijink that I like. It's, it kind of like in concept reminded me of Los Spookies where it's like, Oh, we'll use all of our acting and filmmaking talents to, uh, to give you an experience you desire. So that could have been a bit on its own, but obviously this is a Fantasia movie. So it has to go like further so yeah. instead of just being a kooky special actor, he's now uh, hired to act his way into a cult. And then um, like it's a, it's a cult that is going to take an in from a, an orphaned girl. Uh, it's her younger sister who hires the acting squad to like help infiltrate the cult and break her out. And then, um, it kind of just keeps spiraling after that, but in this way where it's like wheels within wheels and bits within bits. So there's like a lot of comedy happening on a lot of different levels and it was completely absurd. And at the very end, it spiraled out too far in a sort of predictable way, but the rest of it was so funny that I will like forgive it that last turn I was like don't do that thing I think you want to do and then it looked like they weren't going to do it and then they were like psych the final <laughs> twist and I was like you guys you guys I knew you were going to do this but uh. did so, you sorry uh, yep. did you see one cut of the dead 
I did not see one cut of the dead. Also on Shutter. I hey Shutter, sponsor us. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, that one, uh, it came out uh, in Fantasia a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it screened. Yeah. So for, I think the release date I'm looking here, it was 2017, which means it was either the 2017 or the 2018 Fantasia movie. And that was one of the zany uh, Asian comedies that I watched and loved and was from the same filmmaker as yeah. this. Uh, sh- no, I don't want to mask it. Shinchiro Ueda, I guess. And that one had that similar kind of thing, right? Where it's like the, that, that one is about, they're filming like a low budget uh, horror movie, like low budget zombie film. Uh, and the, the director is just sort of like arguing with the, uh, the actors and then they keep getting into fights and like, they're going to like call off the thing, but then like a real zombie apocalypse starts happening and the director's like, keep filming. And then it just keeps like escalating and going like, Go getting crazier and crazier and crazier and and yeah, it absolutely has that same thing where you're saying where you're like you're like sometimes you're like you're like a little restraint and he's like no sir, <laughs> you know. No, like, it's when he, um like he's like we'll 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 knock this premise as hard as we can and make he it really better. he really mined like every part of the premise in this one like even just uh one of the actresses is both like overeager as a person but then also mm-hmm. overeager as an actress so like when you watch her act terribly in the scenes she's hired for mm-hmm. it's like watching both a bad snl skit and then like <laughs> imagining that you're like the person trying to direct it being like why are you like this like she tries to play a a dissatisfied customer at a restaurant and it starts at normal and it ends with her like threatening a waiter with a fork being like, give me my life back. And that's like <laughs> it reminds too far. Me of, <laughs> as soon as you said bad SNL sketch, it made me think of, um, you know, that like that recurring sketch that they do where it's like supposed to be like, um, like a high school stage production. That's, yes. like, that's like super serious, but they were just sort of like back off mom it's my body. <laughs> like and stuff. No. So it's that kind of thing. And I, I love that as a conceit. I love it as a bit. So it was both funny to watch her be a terrible actress. And then like funny to watch the scene that she was acting terribly in. Like, uh, and then it also makes fun of cults and Scientology. Um, it was just, it was again, a huge, uh, they gave themselves a bunch of material to use and then they turned all of it into bits that were funny. And um, so I will forgive even their final bit, which was like just a little too far, just a little. (laughs) Um, So I would heartily recommend it. That was special actors and it was great. It was special. Hooray. I, I like I said I, I I would definitely consider uh, checking that out based on the fact that it was the dude who did uh, one one cut of the dead. <clears throat> um, and I guess since I mean like I said Scott and I might do another another recording when we catch up on a couple more movies. But Sam, you are uh, taking flight from reality with your husband's birthday, so. Uh, the, the floor is yours. What other movies you want to talk about? Um, I also watched I Weirdo, which was uh, like iCarly, uh, <laughs> like I Zombie. Um, it's like a a love story between 
to germaphobes. So people are like, oh, it's of our times. And I would counter that it is not because they take off their masks to talk to each other. But uh, so it's two germaphobes. And it was also shot on an iPhone. And like they actually do okay. a really good job using vertical video oh. for an effect. Uh, and um, is it all vertical video? No, it's not. They use it as like a, a shift in perspective. It's mm. it's well crafted. Um, so it starts out, and you think it's going to be like this quirky little rom com about two germaphobes with uh, OCD who fall in love and start building their life together, mm-hmm. and then it kind of shifts um, and lets like reality sort of seep in because even in a fantastical meet cute rom-com like eventually relationships are just relationships Mm -hmm. and so they kind of move away from the conceit that brought them together and it sort of just expands into this like uh commentary on relationships Mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't seem like they know much about OCD, like the, the writer, maybe. Like, it was, uh, like, they don't seem particularly invested in, like, what it's like to actually have OCD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're sort of like, isn't this quirky? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, he's like, I have to wash my hands 15 times. Uh and they're kind of like, oh, it's kooky. And then they don't really like dive into that much more. But that's because that's not like the point of this movie, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm trying like, there's a big plot shift in the middle that I'm trying to talk around. Uh, <laughs> so I mostly just want to say like, it was really good. And I would recommend watching it. Also Taiwanese, which is. Yeah, I hadn't uh, actually uh, seen it. Taiwanese film before? Yeah, they don't make a ton of them. Is the is the thing? I went when I was in Taiwan. I went I I went to like a weird museum where they had like a history of their their filmmaking. I went to like a Taiwanese like film thing, and it, it's I I without this too long ago that I don't remember, but there's like certain like beats and uh, that are like when they talk about like the style of like the Taiwanese romance film, and I'd really be interested to know if this film follows those beats, because there was like a preset kind of set of um, of like points that reoccurred in almost like a ton of Taiwanese romance films that came out in like the seventies and stuff. It'd be funny to know if the filmmaker was like playing with those in a 2020 film, you know, like it'd be interesting to see if he was doing an homage to the Taiwanese romance film rules while kind of working in a, uh, a germaphobe OCD backdrop, which I guess apparently not caring about whether or not this is real OCD or just a quirky plot device. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, it's not like they really like, or like, like they have jobs. They have like, it doesn't, it's not like, you know, having OCD has stopped them from like making a living or something, which mm-hmm. stops them from leaving their house or grocery shopping more than once a month. Like it's, you know, it might not be realistic. Um, yeah. The color palette <laughs> is, it... is really fun, though. It's it's um, <laughs> it's really beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, they have little animated creatures at different. Oh, yeah, 
Like okay, no, <laughs> what like, the what, what the audience did not hear was me raising <laughs> my eyebrow and taking a pause to when you said those animated creatures. No, it sounds it, like like no, in like, the middle Osmosis Jones kind of happens. <laughs> no, like there's there's like I think there's only like three instances where like these creatures come in, and I think it's more like I don't know if they could have successfully trained a bird to do what they wanted to do, maybe they would have had a real bird, but they didn't, so they have like kind of like cute. Like there's a cockroach, a pigeon, and a a newt or a gecko. I I don't know the lizards of Taiwan. I know neither of the amphibians. The amphibious lizard-shaped things of Taiwan. They have one there's of those. A bunch of them. They're everywhere. Yeah, that's it's just one of. Are you are you serious? Because I was willing to believe you. Yeah, no, no, there <laughs> okay. are. It, it, it's like it's it's a very uh, it's like almost like a like a like a tropical kind of climate and whatever. So even if, yeah, if you go to their house like thing. Yeah, exactly. That's it. If if you go to their equivalent of like even just like parks in the city. So if you go to like the equivalent of like Mount Royal in Taipei, you'll see like quite a few like lizards just hanging out like all over the place. Yeah. So I think like if the director could have trained one, maybe he wouldn't have had these cute little animated guys. But I don't think you can train. Do they try to sell you insurance? <laughs> <laughs> do they have? Do they have like a? It's the only thing they know how to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just like pops up, and he's just sort of like, "I'm gonna sell you insurance," because <laughs> that's what geckos do. Because Geico, also sponsored by Geico. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I sold out. Oh, uh, again, I've said this on literally every podcast on the 9to5.cc uh, podcast family. Like, if you will throw money at us, we will sell out in seconds. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's, I guess it sounds fun. I mean, I looking at the poster and stuff, I could be interested in it. Uh, and hang on, hang on a sec. I just want to double back on, on something. Does that mean we would be sponsored? We would accept a sponsorship by Black Pete? No, 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 Scott. No. no. The Netherlands uh, Tourism Board. No. <laughs> Gets in touch with us. We're not. We don't have. Z- we we have the right to refuse your sponsorship if you're a racist, <laughs> weird, garbage thing. But if you're just like insurance, I'll sell insurance. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not awful and terrible i'll we'll sell your product i honestly think that we should be sponsored by shutter that is like a, a even for 90s for the whole year round we watch and talk about horror movies so often shutter should give us a i will we shill for them almost all the time like john is like i watch this movie on shutter like yep shutter sponsor us um Simon, when you said you had one other movie that was interesting, or was that I Weirdo, or is there? Is I uh, no, it was uh, the Oak Room, which was another scheduled Oak one. Room. It had, it is based off of a play from the Toronto Fringe Festival from a few years ago. It was very Canadian. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like, it, as soon as you have that, as soon as you're like based on a play at a Fringe Festival, <laughs> you're like. This is not automatically going to be bad, but you're like you're like I've it been to a lot of French festival me, stuff, and you no, like that's already it won a craft awards. Year, right? It was a play that won awards, and um, but what it made me really think is like, wow, I really miss the theater because uh, it feels like a play while it's happening, uh, and it has a lot of really Canadian actors from like Orphan Black. Or like the expanse, like anything that's been shot in Canada recently, like everyone was vaguely familiar. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and the son from Breaking Bad, which like, okay, he can come back too. That's cool. Where's he been? Yeah. Uh, he, well, I mean, he's he features on the thing. Like, he's is, is he the star? He is the star. Um, so Walt. other Walt, young Walt. Um, You're never going to believe what happened at the Oak Room. So it's like a it's like a commentary on storytelling, and it's um, kind of like they build it as a neo noir. I love stories. I love storytelling. I love noir. So I was like, yes. Um, but it didn't always land the way they wanted it to. But in ways where I was like, oh, I wish I could see the play this was based off of. Um, and this is really uh, a stupid sticking point, but it was one of the things that jolted us out is that the bartender that young Walter White's son speaks to this whole time, uh, he's too good looking to be the bartender that like, like his cheeks are too smooth. I don't know this actor. <laughs> he's in a lot of Canadian stuff. Um, okay. But it was like, I was like, you aren't like this like used by life man running your small town Ontario bar was like, that's not who you are. Your cheeks look like you put moisturizer on. And then there's another part where a guy comes in uh, from the snow that he's been trudging in and takes off these perfectly clean shoes. And we were like, <laughs> that would have worked on stage because we wouldn't be close enough to see those shoes, man. But uh, so it was fine. Mm -hmm. It was a really good play. And that was peeking in at the edges. The ending was really good, but it, it took a really long time to get anywhere. And that gave us the freedom to sort of be like noticing the details that weren't necessarily perfect. Like the shoes with no snow on them and the bartender's unlined face. Um, so that was... Listen, there's some very beautiful bartenders, <laughs> okay? Like don't... But he was supposed to be head. supposed to be this like small town, Ontario, like going nowhere, serving mechanics, and I was just like, you, you don't look like that bartender. And then like um, they start telling a story, and it cuts to a different bar with a different bartender, and I'm like, that is the bartender that was supposed <laughs> to be in the other bar. You can live a hard life. Is it, uh, is have it a good like skincare regimen? A single, um, like single location for the most part. Yeah, I know you just said it cuts away, but is it like does the does, does it cut away via storytelling or but like, storytelling. the main action occurs in the uh, titular oak room? Um, actually, it does not take place in the titular oak room it takes place in a different bar and then it's like did you hear about what happens in the oak room and then it cuts to the oak room and then it cuts to a story within that story and then it like circles back to a different plot point in the Seems story very ambitious to pull off on stage i 100 percent believe it because i bet it was framed as like five different people like telling their stories and it kind of cutting mm. and the lights going down and i can totally almost see the play that was there um, <laughs> that I really wish I had seen. So yeah. that's, but I was really that's... excited to see all these Canadian uh, genre actors. Beloved Canadian <laughs> genre actors from Toronto. <laughs> like, like visiting old friends from Orphan Black. It, uh, yeah, it's well, um, 
Yeah, like I don't know if you watched that, but like the the guy clone is like he has a big role in this, and like a Martian captain from the Expanse. Sorry, those are like the only two Canadian ish <laughs> shows I can think of right now, but they were Cold both there. Cowboy. It was really like you pulled up everyone from the Oak Room, and it was like, oh, that guy, <laughs> that guy. Um, it's a small cast. It was it was still fun. It just made me miss the French Festival. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that wraps up, I think, the movies that we've seen, I believe, mm-hmm. currently. Uh, I, Sam, I know you're, you're, like I said, you're probably not going to be recording with us again, but is there anything else that you were planning on checking out that you want to give a shout out to before we go? Um, I've got a good feeling about Sleep, which is a German horror movie on demand. Mm-hmm. Um I watched Goodnight Mommy a few years ago, and that has turned me on to the fact that, like, Germany's got some good scary shit. Yeah. Um, good, so, Goodnight Mommy was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, like, a woman who's having nightmares, and then she comes to a small town, and the things in her nightmares appear to be coming true. And mm-hmm. I like a good dream horror. I like small town mystery almost as much as I like a good murder house. So I think this one might be good. So I might still check that one out. Island it on. <laughs> um, you had mentioned minor premise and possibly checking that out tonight. And mm-hmm. I'm still on the fence with that, but it looks like a good like fishbowl sci-fi kind of thing. Like, I think you're just going to see like one room, one dude. I could be wrong yeah. though. But- it's it's all it's always like when whenever and I mean and it's a movie that I think um well now I'm blanking on the title. This is good podcasting. Uh what was the movie, the time traveling one? Uh where they they really like had to do all the, the math calculations correctly. Oh, I didn't machine? see that one back to the but future. I really wanted to. No. Uh, this is like years ago. Like this is like 10, 15 plus years ago. Called, not uh, switch, but Something like that. Yeah, it's the um, one that was made for like eight grand, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And then whenever I see these like like those like small room <laughs> science fi sci fi films, I'm always like wanting it to be like that. And that movie that like doesn't even age amazingly. Like I went back and watched it a couple of years ago, but it's just like when it, when you have like a good sci fi premise, it's called Primer. Primer, yes. Primer, two thousand four. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. So it's a, and this, like I said, this one is like a reclusive neuroscientist getting mixed up into his own experiment, uh, and then sort of like having difficulty navigating his relationship as it goes through. It seems to be about like while dealing with his own subconscious and stuff. And I was just sort of like, those like small, small sci fi films have like such a high potential that I'm always like, is it going to be amazing? And sometimes they're just okay. <laughs> but like, I'm always, they always, Whenever I see a trailer for one, I'm always like, maybe, like, maybe, yeah, because because it has the potential to be like one of the like smartest, cleverest things you've ever seen, you know, like, yeah. So that's that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, still might check that one out. Um, in the Asian watch, it'll like not be a comedy actually, but I, <laughs> it's not. Oh, um, which one? It's called Sheep Without a Shepherd, and mm-hmm. it's about a guy who is like a big movie buff, and then he like. Uh, breaks into this like blackmail murder plot. Okay. And he's using his like film knowledge to get him and his family out of the trouble they've been landed in. So 
uh, I read the plot and I thought it was going to be a comedy, but now I see that Fantasia has classified this as a drama and a thriller. So I'm still intrigued. (laughs) Um, Could be fun. I'm I'm also not going to lie. I'm potentially in, uh, I'm interested in the mermaid in Paris. Like, I don't know why. I just like fantastic uh, romance pieces. I really liked, um, oh my God, my memory for films today is obliterated. The Guillermo del Toro movie with the Swamp Man, the romance film. Uh, I want to get Love Story from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won an Oscar. (laughs) Come on now. You're talking about like The Shape of Water? That's it. Which I did not watch. Um. Yeah, I watched it and I loved it. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, like weird, like quirky. Like, so this is basically, uh, yeah, it's, it's a mermaid in Paris where he just falls in love with like a literal mermaid. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, I wouldn't, I, I'm down. I'm potentially down for a quirky love story. The only thing that really kind of turns me off of that would be like, she would kind of smell like the scent. I, I am aware. You've even talked about this when I was talking about Shape of Water. You're like, ew, gross. And then the, the lady <laughs> and the lady in the Swamp Man have sex. And I'm like, yeah, they do. And it's beautiful. You're like, bleh. It's fish. Yeah, but it's it like a nice fish. No, but like, not even that. I'm talking about like the river that runs through Paris, man. That is. Well, no, but like he puts her in the bathtub instead. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen mermaids? I, I hope he gets her a loofah. That's all I'm saying. Just. Yeah, I'm just be like, who's that girl who just came out of the St. Lawrence River? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, a... I also, I also watching the trailer. I'm also not entirely sure if it's like a, supposed to be a period piece or if it's just a, takes place in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all like fun cabarets and people in bow ties or whatever else like that. And I'm like, oh, like this is like like 19 like like. 20s or whatever, like Moulin Rouge style. I'm like, or it could be modern, and this is just like, it's Paris, everybody. <laughs> like, not sure. That's how people do these days. Exactly. Um, Scott, anything on your radar that you want to? Yeah, I'm stoked to see the Paper Tigers one half. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kung Fu um, movie. They're, they're comparing it to like the, the Karate Kid with like cool fight scenes and a little bit of heartwarming bonding between three friends cool. uh, down for that and monster seafood wars which looks like yeah, i saw that <laughs> but for an hour and a half <laughs> uh, i'm down for that completely if what's what's the rating on monster seafood warriors if it's like the rating well yeah because i'm saying like is it if it's a g film you it could be like down with the kiddo but then if, if someone's head gets ripped off because it's a crazy kaiju film maybe less less down with the kiddo i've I've seen no place on this website that indicates uh a rating rating. (laughs) i I feel that we have access to google monster seafood wars it is it says uh afraid not afraid to be silly cast monster seafood wars rating I don't know. It doesn't. It's giving me ratings yeah. of like like review ratings. I don't know. Who knows? 
I guess a giant squid, a giant octopus, and a giant crab wreaking havoc in Tokyo. Yep. Sounds and again, it looks like an hour and a half long version of the Beastie Boys intergalactic video. Yeah, it looks super cheesy. Yep. Uh, I imagine. All right, so this uh, is was Fantasia, a podcast that we talk about movies on Fantasia. 9to5.cc, everybody. It's still going on. It's going all the way until the 2nd of September. Yep. Um, there are lots of movies that are on the schedule and lots of stuff that's on demand. Some of it we even talked about just now. We sure did. So go buy some tickets and watch the movies. Do it. You have to do it. Otherwise, you can't be mad if the festival uh, is smaller next year. Or makes you come into the theater and sit next to other people. Gross. So in the beginning of the, when I'm watching the movies and it's like after the, after the mandatory trailers that you have to watch to watch your movie and then it goes to black, I just make the meowing noises by myself. Just alone going, meow, meow. It's just you with your dog last night. Yep. Yeah. My dog is like, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't get that reference at all, but awesome. (laughs) What? (laughs) You clearly haven't, do not go to enough Vantage movies live, Scott. That's also true. (laughs) I will also say that for some reason, this is you could shut the, the you could shut the podcast off now, listener. There was the a phone ringing in the dark and the wicked every time that and this is not normal. Every time the phone in dark and the wicked ran rang, my dog tripped out. Like and phones like normally phones ringing in television shows and whatever do, do, do not like bother her. It didn't sound like the phone like the the door buzzer of our house which I would understand it was a completely different ring. But every time she like, wherever she was lying down in the house, she like sprung up and was like, what is happening with this phone? I was like, what are you doing? God, <laughs> relax, go see some movies. Ooh. Bye. Oh, hey there, loyal person who sticks around after the podcast to listen to the outro of a podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. If this podcast is fun for you, if you like to hear us talking about Fantasia movies, obviously share it, tell people about it. We do this just about every year. Uh, And for the rest of the year, uh, I also host a podcast called Go Plug Yourself, where we talk to uh, interesting Montrealers, sometimes uh, interesting Montreal filmmakers uh, from time to time, uh, every two weeks. And that alternates with our other podcast, 9ES, which is the 9 to 5 entertainment system, where myself and Scott who you just heard on this episode, uh, along with another one of our friends, John, uh, basically talk about geek pop culture, movies, comics, video games uh, every two weeks that alternates with Go Plug Yourself. Uh, So yeah, tell people about this show, tell people about our shows, go listen to some of our podcasts, go listen to podcasts in general, and uh, I guess watch uh, Fantasia movies and continue to support genre cinema. Thank you. 905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics. Maine in Montreal since 2011.